Next on BYU Sports Station, expectations versus reality for BYU hoops. What kind of chance do the Cougars have for an at-large NCAA tournament bid? Dual threat analyst Blaine Fowler offers his opinion on what it will take for the Cougars to go dancing. Plus, BYU football freshman All-American Thomas Shove joins us in Studio B, and he earned that with a lingering injury. How? Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation Live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tuesday, January 16th. Tuesday. And have a, however you're dialing. Great it's the to have 17th, you with us. It is the 17th. Yeah. I was just thinking that. I was like, was it yesterday? <laughs> is it the 16th again? No, please no. 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 Wherever and however you're dialed in, great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with wardrobe experts when it comes to things in Studio B, Jerem Jordan. Now, someone said uh, that I should be wearing the shirt you have. Uh, it is striped. Right? And it's mm-hmm. blue and green. Mm-hmm. Someone said, that's a Blue's Clues kind of shirt. Jerem should have that. He wears a sweater, though. Isn't his name, is his name Steve? His name's Steve. Okay, Steve yeah. on Blue's Clues. He I've wears never watched a sweater, that. right? Yeah. Yeah. I have a shirt that I've worn that people are like, that's Steve from Blue's Clues. <laughs> to which I then say, verbal punch. <laughs> Face punch. Uh, he's famous, though, right? You don't want to just be famous for anything. Right. Would you do Blue's Clues if you made, I don't know. If the like, price was right. Yeah. yeah. Would, you, would you be Steve from Blue's Clues? 100%. <laughs> I basically do Blue's Clues on this show every day. <laughs> I was hired under the premise that I would be Steve Light. <laughs> Fun fact. What about your wardrobe expenditures? Do they take care of that as well? They would in that. Well, no. They, Studio oh. C, they got the wardrobe. Shout out to all Blue's Clues fans. Yeah, and by the way, Jeremy and I discussed before the show, we've never watched an episode of the show. I probably will at some point. <laughs> we probably need to, right, to figure out why everyone keeps need, bringing it up. Need is an interesting word. Okay. <laughs> Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Jamal Williams is reportedly too low on draft boards, mm. according to DynastyNerds.com. Yep. Yeah. That's Your the real name. for nerds and dynasties. They predict he will go mid-second to mid-third round in the draft. I, this is awesome for Jamal Williams. The beginning of the season, no discussion about Jamal. And here he is being discussed as a high draft pick, a day two guy. Okay, so Jamal. day one's Thank you, Ty. Day one uh, is first round. Day two is second and third rounds. Day three is fourth through seven. So if he's picked at all, that's the fantastic. day guy? He Woo. sat out a whole year. And then came back and was unbelievable. So this is very cool. And hopefully BYU finds the next Jamal Williams coming up in 15 days from now on National Signing Day for college football. Stay tuned to BYU Sports Nation. We always bring you the best uh, access and most video of anybody about uh, Signing Day. It's one of my favorite days of the year, 15 days away, two weeks from tomorrow. BYU football signing day. Yeah, returned missionaries included in all of that. We will discuss who's going to have an impact or who can have an impact on the 2017 BYU football season. Lani Satake and this staff, full year in the program. What can they do? Because Kalani Satake is known as a good recruiter. Let's see it on February 1st. 
BYU men's volleyball jumped up one spot to number three in the latest AVCA coaches poll. The Cougars begin federation play. Federation. Thursday at CSUN. And don't call them anything else. Yeah, they'll get mad at you. The Matadors. They play in the Matadome, by the way. It's called the Matadome? It's called the Matadome, yeah. Wow. And the, the fact that we said federation, you're like, what? What is this, Star Trek? Uh, it's the Mountain Pacific Sports Federation. federation. Yeah, so they've been the Federation champs through the last four years. <laughs> it also, says so right here in Studio B with got our the trophy. trophy. They're going to leave on a five-year mission in space pretty soon as well. <laughs> Women's tennis finished strong in the Metroplex Mania matchup. That sounds fun. At uh, SMU, Savannah Ware and Samantha Smith partnered up to win all their doubles matches. They also won all their singles matches over the weekend. Beam me up. <laughs> or a phaser or something. Yeah. <laughs> Sean Olmstead probably has one. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Expectations versus reality. Here's looking at you, BYU basketball, most recently coming off a loss to RPI Sub-200 San Diego. The Cougars have two, quote-unquote, bad losses on the resume now. One at home to Utah Valley and the other on the road to San Diego. So today, let's take a step back and really look at expectations for this 2016-17 BYU basketball team versus what the reality is at this point of the season. And we have lined up a couple of things. First and foremost, there is this expectation, Jerem. The Lone Peak 3 immediately makes BYU an NCAA tournament team. The expectation, or sorry, the reality is right now, BYU is not an NCAA tournament team. BYU is uh, headed to the NIT unless they change their destiny. That would include uh, beating St. Mary's and or Gonzaga. BYU has a minimum of three, a maximum of five games against those teams. The Cougars can get three wins, in my opinion. They'd put themselves in an interesting position. I don't know that they'd get in, but they'd put themselves in an interesting position right now. I think it's fair to, to inject three top 100 guys out of high school and think BYU can be one of the top 40 or 44 teams in America. We're not talking about getting a five seed. We're not talking about getting to the Sweet 16. We're just talking about getting into the tournament. Here's the thing, though. The, the standard is get into the NCAA tournament. If BYU doesn't, that's a disappointment. It's because Dave Rose has taken his teams to the NCAA tournament in eight of the previous 11 seasons that he's coached. Your program stinks if you don't expect to get to the tourney. Okay? That's how it is. So that, that's going to be the standard. If BYU doesn't get there, sure, it's a disappointment. It is year one of two or three with this group. And what I fear is that the, the two- to three-year plan as of expectation has been heaped on this group in year one. I'm not saying it's okay if they make the NIT. That's not okay. The head ball coach was very aware of what was going on with his team, as he should be, right? He talked about that with us back in September about the youth of his team. Listen to this. I don't know how good our team's going to be. I've got a lot of uh, ideas of what we can do and how we can do it. I'm excited about the fact that they are so young as a group that they can build together. I am really nervous that they are so young (laughs) and inexperienced. There you have it. He knew, and he told us later in that interview, look, they're going to do some things that kind of make you think, wow, okay, they can play. And then there are going to be the, 
what in the world just happened? Head scratching moments. Dave Rose literally was scratching his head at the end of the BYU San Diego game on Saturday. He looked stressed, as he should be. This group has some real talent. They do. They're freshmen and sophomores leading it. Youngest team he has ever coached in the 12 seasons. I'm not, I'm not going to blame uh, the expectations for what's going on. I'm going to blame BYU's lack of execution down the stretch, BYU's defensive uh, inabilities at times. I still like this group. I th- think they can do some good things. I think that in the next two to three seasons, BYU is going to do some really good things, right? But, I, but to not go to the NCAA tournament this year, that would, be a, that would be a real disappointment. You can't have six guys out of high school that are top 100 and be like, yeah, NIT, awesome. It'd be like what, something happened in, the, in that journey that wasn't up to par for the standard that is BYU hoops, which is high. Six four-star recruits. The talent is obviously there, right? Absolutely. So That's the frustration, I think, is that there is an expectation because of this talent. What's the deal? Former head coach Steve Cleveland told BYU Sports Nation what the Cougars need to do to figure it out. They're not a great basketball team yet. Until they can learn how to play on the road and play with poise, play from composure, not make silly mistakes, which are the words of Coach Rose in his post-game conference. Those are his words, not mine. When they learn to defend and do the thing, little things that they have to do, they'll get better. You know what's hard for young teams to do? Play with poise on the road. We talked last week about on the road winning. Uh, Non-St. Zaga, would they run the table? And I said 10%, changed it to 13 or whatever. Yeah, I think I was like 21%. Low, yeah, yeah. low, right? And, th- and then game two is the one, you know. And, and this, I think this BYU team, I, I said a long time ago, I, I need to remember what I said, which is I would give them until February to figure it out. But what I said on the show yesterday was I was hoping that until February, BYU would be able to avoid these kind of losses. Okay, the, the San Diego and Utah Valley losses, those aren't just losses. Those are sub-200 losses. Like, those shouldn't happen Period. Those are resume killers. Yes. Yes. And the San Diego game and Utah Valley games, those might be the undoing of BYU. It's now created a situation where we were talking about, okay, you could go 1-3 and against St. Mary's and Gonzaga and hope to get that semifinal and be in a good position. Now you can't. you got to go 2 in the regular season, maybe even 3, and get the semi. So now that's that's tough. And what St. Mary's has done, not Gonzaga, is probably more pressure-packed for BYU. Gonzaga's... Final four kind of talent. St. Mary's is six seed. Because St. Mary's is so good, that could impact the Cougars more than even Gonzaga. Expectation. BYU can still get an at-large bid for the NCAA tournament. Reality, as we have just been discussing, right now, it is not likely. As Jerem just stated, it will require, at minimum, most likely, a pair of wins against St. Zaga in the regular season. Beating Gonzaga would be a tremendous win. Remember, remember BYU did this. I shaved my head. They, BYU had one top 50 win that season, and they had two bad losses, right? They had two, three, they a, three sub-150 losses that season. They had one top 50 win, but it was against the number three team in America in Spokane, and that got them to the first four of the NCAA tournament. Two thoughts. Uh, three. One, if BYU gets into the tournament, it's in the first four. Two. And it's January 17th. It's early for any prognostication, but we have a daily talk show. We've got to talk about something. Uh, two, did BYU have a notable non-conference win or two that season? Because BYU does not right now. So that, that would have aided them in that. They had right? one top 50 win. It was one, Gonzaga. Okay, one. BYU has zero 
at this point, right? Yes. Thus the need for more. Uh, and then three. I can't remember the third. <laughs> it's been like a minute or so. I can't remember. <laughs> Since BYU has joined the West Coast Conference, BYU has gone to the NCAA tournament three times. Two NIT runs, both to the Final Four, Madison Square Garden in New York City. That's the Final Four. We should... Awesome. Making the most of that <laughs> NIT appearance, right? Yeah. But three trips to the NCAA tournament first round. What does year number six hold for the Cougars and for BYU? Chances right now, according to TeamRankings.com, mm, not that great. Brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. TeamRankings.com gives BYU basketball a 15% chance to earn an at-large bid. That's even higher than I thought, to be honest with you. BYU's in zero brackets on bracket matrix right now. 20% overall, so a 5% chance of an auto bid, which means 5% chance of winning the conference tournament. Basically beating Gonzaga. And a 15% at-large bid chance. Yeah, not high. Not high. Yeah, so, so beat Pepperdine Thursday, beat Pacific on their own Saturday, and just keep chugging and just see what happens, right? I don't, I don't expect BYU to make the NCAA tournament at this juncture, but that's the fun part. Let's let the games play out and just see what happens. Yeah, and the opportunities are out there because the top of the conference because you have two is teams. so high. So, so that's fun. You're going to have some meaningful games and two in Provo coming up in February. As of right now, what is your expectation this season for BYU basketball? Let's go to the Twitter machine. At Brute DR with the first tweet, I expect a good run in the NIT. Can't see an at-large bid or winning the West Coast Conference Tournament happening at this point. This is the lowest point of the season, in my opinion. It won't get lower than this. You're coming off a sub-200 loss, another one in conference, not feeling it. This is the worst we'll feel all season about BYU hoops, in my opinion. At Greg Rosenhan, I expect an NIT championship. We're good enough to win, but fall short too often to win the WCC title. Hashtag tourney train next year. I wonder, I wonder how engaged this group would be in the NIT if it comes to that. Because they have high expectations. And they went to the NIT last year. Yeah. Never in the Dave Rose career have they gone back-to-back NIT years. No B2B NIT. Mm. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, a freshman All-American football player in Studio B, Thomas Schoff in the house. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. The next thing for BYU Hoops is the next game. And the most important game. The most important game of the season, Spencer. Mm -hmm. Thursday night against, this is my NFL Films voice, against Pepperdine at 9 Eastern time. On BYU TV. A rare wave watch was posted for Provo, Utah. We're not giving the karma to Marty Wilson this time, just FYI. (laughs) Two years ago, that was a disaster. I don't want to point fingers. That 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 (laughs) That did not go well. I did not, did not, did I didn't say something him, about San Diego. I didn't give him the karma. I just said good luck is what I said. I you said, don't know the power of your words, you wordsmith. It was a learning experience, right? It was a learning I experience. Hate those. 
<laughs> I just want them to happen. I don't want to force it. BYU basketball coming off of a learning experience at San Diego. Our Twitter question today, as of right now, what are your expectations this season for BYU basketball? At Nate Slack 5 says, another 43 to 48 alley-oops from TJ Haas to Eric Mika. Uh, that's pretty high volume, but yeah. What are the expectations moving forward? We'll tell you in 20 minutes what to expect now from BYU Hoops. You don't want to miss that. But first, we welcome in our first guest of the day in Studio B, Thomas Schulf, a freshman All-American yeah. for freshman BYU All-American. football What's up? on the offensive Thank line. You. Thank Thomas, you. Thomas, um, mm-hmm. I know the answer to this question, but I want you to tell everybody else. How did you find out that you were, indeed, a freshman All-American? So I was walking in class. What was that? Tuesday, Wednesday? Yeah, yeah, something like something that. Something like that. Just walking up to class past the, the Iron Building, I think, and phone goes off in my pocket, and it's a, it's a t- retweet at me, and it's just a picture of a paper. <laughs> you know, word of mouth from, like, four different people, and that's how I found out. There you go, man. That's awesome. And, and so you're a freshman All-American. What was your reaction when you heard that news? I was shocked, honestly. And I never saw it coming, never expected it. Um, I... I mean, obviously, I I was able to participate and to be able to help the team out, but I, I never guessed that I'd be named to the team. What does it mean to you? Um, it's a great question. I'd say probably um, it's just like a, a motivation to move forward and to continue to get better. Um, kind of, you know, this, you did well this past year, now let's see what we can do moving forward. Have you updated your business card yet to say freshman All-American? <laughs> I have not. Your LinkedIn. Yeah. Do you but, walk, uh, at that point, do you walk into class like with a little bit of extra swagger, like holding your phone up like, yeah. Like, hey, freshman All-American. <laughs> oh, hey, what's up, guys? <laughs> I don't have to because, you know, every time I walk into the train room, somebody says it. Or, uh, no, the weight room, true. somebody says hey, it. People great. will do it for you. Yeah, like, I, like I, we are doing it for you. I, right I get plenty of, plenty of crap for it. Okay. <laughs> Why did you pick BYU coming out of Indiana when you had some notable Big Ten programs interested in you? Right. Um, biggest thing was I was going into my senior year, and I didn't want to wait for other offers. Um, I wanted to be committed to my senior, senior year, my team. And so I decided to pick from what I had, and I narrowed it down to BYU and Iowa. Um, Iowa's a great program, and I really considered them. Um, they've got a great civil engineering department as well, but um, that was the thing I was looking for was civil engineering. Mm. Um, and it turned out, you know, Iowa City's seven-hour drive from home and Provo, Utah's three-hour flight, and I've got some of my mom's family out here. So it was a great fit for me. So you're a civil engineer major? I am. Are you an uncivil offensive lineman? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> what was What was your favorite game of the season? To play as a lineman. Favorite game of the season plays a lineman. I'd say two. Michigan State up until I got rolled up. Mm. That that was a little rough. Um, and then the bowl game. You know, most people don't enjoy it, but I think the offensive line loves the rain. Jamal and um, all of us had a blast out there running the ball and, you know, sliding in the mud and just having a great time. You know, it's San Diego, so it wasn't cold. Mm-hmm. Um, got, a little, got a little chilly on the sideline when the defense was out there for a little while, but... Um, overall, just had a blast in it. Jamal was like soaking wet. Like, oh yeah. Were you guys the same? I mean, are you you're not on the ground? I guess as much right. as him, but um, yeah, we were all soaked through and through. And then we go into the locker room afterwards, and they're telling us to take our gear home with us. They're not going to wash it. You know, all of our game gears telling to take us home. 
I was flying to Indiana the next day, didn't really want to deal with it. So I was like, you know what? Cleats, socks, leggings. I'm just I'm just gonna part ways with it now. <laughs> so where, where were they left? They were left in the trash can. It should have told us, man. You could have put it on the set or something. We would have taken it back for you. They were they weren't very pretty. They were yeah. pretty muddy oh. and quite stinky. You don't want a clean offensive lineman jersey, right? You want no. like blood guts and muds. <laughs> Dirt on there, <laughs> guts. There was, a, there, there was a little blood on my jersey, actually. Yeah, little little cowboy remnants. Okay, yeah. okay. <laughs> uh, you talk about getting rolled up on at Michigan State. Right. You had to manage that injury uh, for a good part of the back half of that season. What was that like for you as a freshman, knowing like my team really needs me up front, but I'm not a hundred percent. I think the biggest thing was the mindset, and you know the coaches were great with me and. Um, coach Rare, one our assistant offensive line coach, really helped me out because at practice, you know, things were stiff. I was taped tighter than I wanted to be. Then I'm I'm spatted over that, so I have like no mobility in my ankle. Um, but then Coach Rare kind of helped me with the mindset, you know, thinking about almost as if your ankle's wrapped in paper, tearing that paper, loosening up that ankle, and that kind of helped. Hmm. Um, but as a day in day out, um, six a.m. treatment, and then you know just trying to warm it up beforehand, and then ice down afterwards. So it was an ongoing thing and. Um, it was a great opportunity to be able to to see what I could do under pressure and to be able to work through it. Well, apparently you still played at a high level, so. What was the Toledo game like, by the way, where Jamal Williams runs wild with 286? There, there were a couple of just kind of crazy games. Oh, yeah. There. Obviously the close ones, but I mean where Jamal went wild. Right. Um, Toledo game was a ton of fun. Um, just to be able to run down the run down the sideline with him was a joy. You know, backside – of those outside zones when we're running left, I've got the end up to the linebacker, and the end went out the wrong way. And then, you know, the linebacker was was hesitating, so I just ran up and kind of got in front of the safety a little bit, got him enough so that Jamal could get around the corner, and it's fun to watch him run down the sideline. Yeah, it's one, on one of those long runs, you're the first guy to get in there and celebrate <laughs> with him. I'm surprised to see number 59 in there. Yeah, he had a four six forty <laughs> on that play. Jeez. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that's impressive, Thomas. Well, thank how, you. How long does it take you to hear the roar of the crowd, and is that your indicator of, oh, this is a good run? Because you're kind of doing your thing, and then you're like, wait, where'd Jamal go? Um, not so much on the runs. Usually we can see the runs develop. On the pass plays, we have no idea what's going on. <laughs> you know, because I'm usually pointing to the sideline or behind Taysom or Tanner, you know. Yeah. I'm usually pointing the wrong direction. You'll know, hear the crowd go nuts is usually a good indicator that it worked that well um here and there you know those outside runs you'll hear the crowd get into it but usually i see jamal about the same time the crowd does with thomas show freshman all-american for byu football in studio b what was it like being recruited primarily by one staff and then beginning your career with a brand new staff i'm actually been through three staffs three yeah so i was originally recruited by coach weber and coach reynolds and then about a month or two before I signed, um, Coach Minahal changed out the offensive staff. So then I came in with Coach Tuje and then came back from my mission with Coach Empey. So it's been a bit of a, a revolving door when it comes to the coaching staff, but um, hasn't affected me at all, I would say. I've loved every coach that I've had, and I love the program more than that. So I'm, I'm glad to have the staff we have now. Lonnie Satake loves a few things, uh, recruiting, food, and it seems like he loves lifting, that the team lift. He wants you guys to lift and lift a lot. It's, it seems like you lifted more this year than last year. What, did you guys? I wasn't here last year personally, 
but um, yeah, that was a bad question. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think we did we did lift quite a bit, and we've put a great emphasis on lower body and squatting. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of our big motivation was that we squatted more than anybody in the country, um, whether mm-hmm. it be front squat, back squat, or um, um, what's it called. Safety bar squat. Yeah, you're asking the wrong guys. Yeah, we're right. Oh, yeah, 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 the safety oh, bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, of course. New, the, uh, new, upper dorsimus. New loves to keep us in the rack, and I, I think it gave us a competitive advantage. And as the season went on, we kind of backed off on the you know, the heavy lifting, worked more on uh, joint stabilization and things like that. And when it's been great, New has a great staff, and I mean, he's kept us healthy, and I think we can attribute a lot of our success to that. See, that was me rolling to the right, the pressure coming into my face, mm-hmm. and then Thomas just coming up and making a nice pancake block while I scrambled out of bounds for a three-yard gain. That's what that was verbally. Hey, well done. Hey, There's a reason it. he's a freshman All-American. Plus, we got three yards at least. As you mentioned, you weren't here last year. You were serving a mission in Honolulu. Yeah. What was that like? What was that vacation like? It was great. Your mission trip <laughs> to Honolulu. You know what? Somebody's got to do it, <laughs> but um, you know it's not it's not all uh, fun and games. Our our mission rules was the mission ends where the sand begins, so I never touched the beach or anything like that. But um, I had some great areas, beautiful areas up in Laie for six months. Mm. Um, drove up and down the coastline the entire day, but it was actually fun. My my when I was up in Laie, I served in the Samoan and the Tongan wards, so I was actually with uh, Tavita Ofenawi's family and oh. Reno Mahe's parents. So um, I actually lived a Across the driveway from T.O. and, you know, knew Reno's parents very well. So that wow. was fun to be able to come in and see them and reacquaint them. And I've, it's it's fun to see all the connections. That's awesome. Tunu, Tunu was actually in the airport the day I flew home. They were, they were flying back from Christmas break. And so I was flying home for my mission. He's headed back here. How cool is that? Yeah. That's, That's awesome. Cool. Yeah. So you can pronounce uh, all of your teammates' names then? Is that the case? For the most part. <laughs> who's, the, who's the hardest name to pronounce on the team in your opinion? I don't know. Well, most of them don't use their full Thank names. Thank goodness, right? Right. Yeah. So, I don't. I'm not sure. I'm gonna look up one. Like, Even yeah. Kalani's full name is quite the. Yeah, it's gonna be a challenge. I, I don't know Kalani's full name. <laughs> <laughs> Signing day coming up in 15 days, and you talked about wanting to get things organized and and taken care of, so you could just focus on your senior season and get your ducks in a row and and go that way. What is the signing day period like for high school athletes? And for you specifically, how was it? Um, wow, it's been a while now. Um, I think it's a, it was a relief for me personally. Um, I didn't realize until I got into it, but recruiting's time-consuming. You know, being on the other end of it, you know, coaches coming in all the time and letters and this and that. And um, once you get through signing day, it's kind of it's all behind you. Now you're just looking forward to you know, preparing to go there and it kind of all sets in for real. And I, I enjoyed signing day and to be able to put, put it behind me and to be able to move forward. Jamal Williams is gaining a lot of steam uh, in NFL draft boards. How much uh, of that does he deserve versus the offensive line? <laughs> I think Jamal gives a lot of credit to us, but most of it's his. Um, he's an outstanding back and he made us look good a lot of the time. And he brought you up uh, – he got the offensive MVP, and he brought the whole O-line up on the stage at the bowl game. What was that like? It was fun. It was fun to be up there to celebrate with him and you know, to see what he's accomplished this season. He's battled back from some ankle issues and things like that, and um, he did a heck of a job. I'm just glad the stage didn't collapse. Yeah, that was a lot of weight. <laughs> it appears Jerem found a very difficult say, name. Number 76, can you say this guy's name? Kamalani 
Kauluhi Okalani. Oh, that's good. Wow. That's I it. probably didn't do it very well, but no. Kamalani will probably correct me. <laughs> that's pretty good, man. There were, used to be Walter Kahali'i. Yeah. To do it like that, like cold, like, yeah, hey, yeah. Thomas, read his name right <laughs> yeah. now. Go, 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 don't mess it up. Not bad for a dude from Indiana, right? Service Very mission good. Honolulu, you know Very good. That's awesome. Hey, Thomas, great stuff, man. Thanks for coming into the studio. No problem. We'd like you to sign our uh, BYU Sports Nation stretch hot flag, if you don't mind. Sure thing. Nice. You Thomas can put All-American on there nah. if you want. Yeah, he can do <laughs> that. <laughs> Raise it up. I'll just Let block. people know. Push people. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, Uncle B, Blaine Fowler, back in Studio B to talk some basketball and, and maybe a hair of football. Does he think the Cougars have a chance to make the NCAA tournament? Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. As always, we're on demand anytime, anywhere. And if you so choose, in double speed. Right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. On the podcast. Yeah. You can listen to the show in like 28 minutes. I listen to the Colin Coward show on double speed. (laughs) That sounds really weird to people that haven't heard it. Yeah, exactly. You should try it with this show. Actually, you should try it at half speed. That's actually really fun. We get a good laugh out of that. Yeah, we've done we that We put before. it on before, and we're like, what? This sounds crazy. <laughs> Speaking of crazy, uh, gymnastics will play Utah State Friday night. They compete with, excuse me, 9 Eastern time on BYU TV coming up this Friday. We had a great uh, uh, meet on Friday against Utah, uh, which is a lot of fun. So coming up uh, Friday against Utah State. Refreshing today's BYU Sports Nation headlines, Jamal Williams is reportedly too low on draft boards, according to DynastyNerds.com. Now, that means they think he should be drafted higher, right? Yeah, the, the low-high things uh, stuff, it's, it's kind of like, weird. Do you want to be a low seed in the NCAA tournament or high? Because low, the number one is low. But, but you're, you're a, a higher seed. seed? <laughs> yeah, it's confusing. Yes, DynastyNerds.com is the website, <laughs> and they are predicting... Jamal Williams will go mid-second to mid-third round in the draft. And that's that's not high enough? Wow. I guess not. Wow. Mm, okay. I, I realized that right after we made fun of Dynasty Nerds, that we were like quoting Star Trek. Yes, we were. <laughs> <laughs> so that happened. Hey, we're 15 days away from National Signing Day for college football. Stay tuned to BYU Sports Nation as we keep you posted with all the BYU signings information coming up February 1st. Yes, things that have been mentioned on the show today, Blue's Clues, Steve, Star Wars, Star Trek. Very professional, <laughs> simple, linear show. Or two civil, of those three things. Civil engineering, courtesy of Thomas Schoff, who just yeah, joined us. Yeah, he comes in here, and I'm like, Wow. <laughs> I was a broadcaster. Men's volleyball moved up one spot to number three in the ABCA. Coaches pulled Cougars begin Federation play Thursday at CSUN. So there's that. Benedict Cumberpatch's con was mm. really good. Mm-hmm. Women's tennis finished strong in the Metroplex Mania matchup at SMU. Savannah Ware and Smith Smith won all their doubles and singles matches. Very nice. Joining us now in Studio B is Uncle B, Blaine Fowler, dual threat analyst, national champion at BYU, all-around good guy, and the best hair in Kaysville, and top 10 hair in the immediate Provo, Utah area. Is that where you guys are ranking me right now? Top 10. Like, come out with is there a ranking. chance I can move up with a good senior bowl performance, and, 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 yes. and maybe if I do good in the hair combine, I can move up? Yes. Your son, Gavin, by the way, was like, did you really say best hair in Kaysville yeah, on he, the show? Yeah, I went home and I was like, Gavin, you can't. Share family secrets if you're going to work down there. <laughs> He's like, oh, I know, Dan. Sorry. Yeah, well, so Brenda, after Gavin. the basketball hey, game, was like, I'm so glad you I did know. that. I know. Brenda was all about sharing the family secrets. But, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I was running for best hair in Kaysville for 23 straight years. <laughs> now moved. And I moved to Provo, and the yeah. pool of talent was so much bigger. <laughs> I just hoped to make it into the top 10. But 
We'll see. Uh, uh, I, lear- I learned something from you guys, though. Yeah. I, you guys even know. I, I learned things when I come on. I was always wondering what you do in gymnastics because you play football and you play basketball, but you compete in gymnastics? I, I think you compete. You don't play gymnastics? But you compete. The, the what do you do in soccer? Do you play soccer or do you compete in it? You play. You play soccer. You play. You, so you gymnastics, you compete. Yeah. Correct. Okay. I think Oof. playing is the wrong verb. Because that's something that has bugged me for a long time. I didn't know what to say really? about compete. gymnastics. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I got that now. See, I learn something every time I come on here. Blaine, it was great to have you on the show. Thanks Thank for coming Thank you so on. much. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, where, where are we going? Where now? are we going? Transition out of that, anchor boy. Oh, I will. I will do so. We're going to compete to transition out of that difficult scenario. Yeah, fist bump that. What is your expectation this season for BYU basketball, Blaine? The Cougars coming off, understandably, very disappointing loss, sub-200. It's, it's a resume killer in a lot of ways. So what now? I don't know that my expectations have changed from the beginning of the season because we talked about it a lot. I, I still think they're a borderline NCAA team depending on what they do. But I thought that going into the season, and, and we've talked about that, that I, I thought that they had to get two wins against St. Mary's and Gonzaga combined from here on out to be able to have a chance to be in there as an at-large. And they can still do that. And they can still do that. Now, though, with that loss, when you have a sub-200 loss, and, and remember, I said that they would likely lose a road game. I was hoping it was against a higher than, than a sub-200 yeah. because I think that hurts more. And so now maybe they have to get three wins against St. Mary's and Gonzaga. I, I still think there's a lot to go on in college basketball all around the country right now. Teams are going to suffer injuries. Teams are going to go through slumps. There's still a lot of time left. And so I think, I think they're still a fringe NCAA team, which I thought they were going in. So my expectations haven't changed. And then people, when I tell them that, they, they say, what are you talking about? This is Final Four talent. You know, the fans out there, and I go, first of all, I don't know if it's Final Four talent yet. Yet to be seen. Do I think it's Sweet 16 talent? Yeah, I think it's Sweet 16 talent, but I always felt like that was next year. Um, and so I, I still think they're on track. Do I get disappointed when they go and struggle to defend consistently on the road? Heck yeah, I do. It's really, really frustrating because I feel like defense is a mindset and it's effort. Some of it's technique, but but you got to, you know, coach was in here yesterday, Coach Cleveland, and he talked about staying in a defensive stance through a full shot clock and those kinds of things. That's a mentality. That's saying, I know what I'm supposed to do. Now I'm going to do it for 30 seconds, and I'm going to stay in that. And you know what? I'm going to dig down deep inside myself, and when it's clutch time, down the stretch in the game, and we have to get a stop, I'm going to be the guy that gets a stop. I need to see more of that in the rest of the season than I do, hey, I'll be the guy that'll take the shot. We've got plenty of guys that want to be the guy that's going to take the shot down the stretch, which has resulted in some forced shots. Not just down the stretch, but throughout the game. And, not, and I'm not singling out anybody because the bigs forced shots this last week on the road. So I want to see the guy that says, I will step up and I will get a stop down the stretch that will give us an extra possession, which will maybe even give us a run out and an easy transition bucket that gets us back in a game or extends a lead in a game. That's what I'm looking for most is that mentality of a defensive stopper Who's going to do that? And that guy has been Nick Emery thus far, right? Yes. Yeah, and they need more than just Nick, though. Yeah. They need more than just Nick because they've really struggled 
um, especially on the road, to get stops in critical times of ball games. They just haven't been able to muster. And it's easier when you're at home because I think that the home crowd affects defense more than anything else. I mean, you're more comfortable shooting, but when you've got to dig down and get a little bit of energy a couple of times down the floor, when a home crowd is cheering you on, you find a way to defend 10 seconds longer. You find a way to get a hand in the passing lane with just a little bit more effort. And, and frankly, playing in this league on the road in some of these gyms, there's no energy in the building, period. So you have to generate that, that energy yourself. You have to generate it within your team when you get in a small gym. It's not hard to get amped up when you're playing at Gonzaga. Because you can feed off the negative energy in that building, but sure. a building with no energy, and this is this group's first time as a group going through on the road in some of these venues where they're like, man, this feels like, this feels like a scrimmage game. And so they kind of go through the motions up and down the floor. So everything's a learning process this year. I want to see them get better defensively down the stretch. I really do. What's a bigger deterrent to BYU's uh, goals this season right now? The youth or lack of experience or the expectations? I, th- I, think, they both, I think they hurt equally because these guys in their minds think that they have f- Final Four talent. And you know what? As a coaching staff, they don't want to say anything to these kids to hold them to a lower standard than that. Right. I've, I've talked it to Dave Rose about it. And, and Dave Rose is like, yeah, we know we're young and all that. And you can, he and I talk, and he goes, and you can say that, Blaine, and you want to know what? It, it is true. But I refuse to admit that uh, with these guys because they have the talent, and so I've got to hold them accountable that they got to play like a Final Four team. And, and if he says to them, hey, you're really, really young, and we'll be really, really good next year, What? I mean, he knows he can't do that. And so he's got to hold him to that standard. We all have to hold him to that standard. But when they stumble, that's when we go, okay, what do they go back and learn from? I think there's a lot to learn from in this last game about, about sustained defensive effort. And BYU's getting beat too much off the ball, on the ball. And so one of the reasons that Yoli and Eric are so high in the league in block shots is because they're getting beat off the ball. Defensive rotations are coming in, and those two are phenomenal help defenders. But as soon as you get into help defense mode – now you're in rotations, and those guards have to drop down, and they've got to defend the backside, and all of that has to happen. It puts you in a bad defensive rebounding position. It puts you in a bad defensive position. The longer you can stay in front of the ball, the better you are. And staying in front of the ball isn't all just lateral quickness. It's effort. And so I think that that's the area that they can improve the most on because it doesn't take skill to have more effort defensively and try to stay in front of the ball. And I think we have plenty of lateral quickness to to be able to stay in front of these guards in this league. Because of expectations and where they are right now, if this current young team does not make the NCAA tournament, then what does that mean for the state of the program overall? I mean, I, I think it hurts because it's a little bit of a chink in their mind and in in the confidence for this team. But this is a veteran staff. Even though it's not a veteran team, it's a veteran staff. They've taken teams to the NIT, and they've used that as learning opportunity to launch them in, into the next season. Um, and I, I think they've got to drive, 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 and tell these kids you can get into the NCAA tournament from now until they're not in the NCAA tournament. Then they can shift yeah. gears and say, okay, okay, so we're not. So now here's the new goal. But I don't think the new goal goes into place until they're out of it. And you know what? The only time they're out of it is if they don't win the, the conference tournament. Because that's the one thing we forget about. Young teams. So, so I was, um, I've been back in the A-10 the last couple of Saturdays and, and had some young teams. Fordham's a really young team. St. Bonaventure, who won the A-10 last year, is really young this year. And I listened to their coaches saying, you know what? We might be in the middle of the pack, 
But at some point this season, the light bulb's going to go on, and this young group's going to all of a sudden be way better. I hope it's in time for the conference tournament because these guys are talented enough to win the conference tournament. I think that same thing applies to BYU. If they can also all of a sudden catch fire toward the end of the year and figure out how to defend more effectively, have better shot selection, because right now I think they're trying to figure out who the alpha dog is out there. It should be Mika, but he's not very demonstrative down there, and it's hard for a post player to be that guy. So who's the guy that everybody goes, well, this is the guy that's going to take the shot. He's the first option. This is the second option. I don't think that they know that, and I don't think a coach can dictate it. I think that that has to come on the floor from the players, mm. and I think the effort to play D has to come on the floor from the players. So I just hope that between now and the end of the year that, that light bulb comes on and they catch lightning in a bottle, and maybe we don't worry about whether or not they get two wins against the Zags and St. Mary's that they just go win the conference tournament because they have the talent to do it. Because BYU hasn't done it since 01, I think the belief in that idea is extremely low, whether that's fair or not. And it's probably fair. It's fair because Gonzaga the, owns the tournament. Yes, and this might be their best team ever, so there's kind of a fear there of, wow, we'd have to go through St. Mary's and Gonzaga likely at, the, yeah, at that no, point. Yeah, no, you would. You and, would. And you're hoping you get St. Mary's at home. I think if BYU doesn't get St. Mary's at home, they're they're in the you've got to you've yeah. got to win in Vegas. Then they got, or, or yeah. they win the tournament. Yeah. So, but they're capable. They have a good enough mix of bigs and to match up with Gonzaga's bigs. Um, I, they they're capable physically, but they're learning every game. And and I thought that their defense was making progress. And I thought it took a step back on the road, but that was really one of the few real true road games they had in that kind of quiet kind of a building they where played three. They had to manufacture energy and do all of that. And they didn't respond very well. Down the stretch, I th- thought they took bad shots and, and had lapses defensively um, deep in the shot clock. And I think they can learn from that. They're physically capable of competing with anybody in this league. I mean, Gonzaga's really, uh, Gonzaga's really, really good. And they have experience at key positions. And for BYU, they don't have a veteran guy that's done it before, that they can all rally around and say, come on, you guys, let's go. And remember, they're playing a comp- completely different type of offense. So Nick Emery was here last year, and the offense that was dominated by Kyle Collinsworth, the point guard with the ball in his hands, breaking down defenses into the perimeter, kicking it out to Nick to, to do dribble penetration or shoot shots with no post game. It's a completely different mindset. So nobody's done what they're doing right now on this team. So they got to figure it out, and it has to be. It has to come from within the team. There's only so much a coach can coach before somebody takes the lead and says, "We're going to do this, and we're going to be better defensively." I mean, they're number. You know, they're they're always they're right up there. They're number two in the league in scoring offense. Gonzaga's number one. St. Mary's is is is, is number four. But the big difference is in scoring defense. BYU's nine. And Gonzaga's one, and St. Mary's is two. There you go. So now you look at scoring margin. And you can look at field goal percentage defense and all that, and BYU looks like they're pretty defense. But scoring margin is the big thing. And, and they're not doing a good enough job defensively. And teams get a lot of possessions, so it's, you know, the scoring defense, it's, they, they have to be better in scoring margin. That's partly taking care of the ball, because in turnover margin, they're not good. They're negative. So take care of the ball, get stops down the stretch, value every single solitary possession, so you don't force up a shot that doesn't need to be forced up. And that's how you improve down the stretch. They're physically capable of beating anybody in this league, but they got to learn to play together, and they got to have some leadership out there, and they got to play better defense. Blaine, great stuff, man. We appreciate the time, as always. BYU Pepperdine, Thursday. Watch it live on BYU TV. The best hair in Kaysville will be there, right? 
at hopefully top ten in the Pro Bowl. That's what I'm going for now. <laughs> Kaysville, that's old news. That's old news. <laughs> We're working on a new set of rankings. Thanks, Blaine. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, your tweets and your expectations for BYU basketball now. Stay with us. BYU Sports Station presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. Watch our daily rebroadcast weeknights right here on BYU TV, 6 p.m. Eastern Sharp. It's a fun, busy weekend again. Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, live events. Men's Hoops Thursday, Gymnastics Friday. Saturday, Women's Hoops against Pacific at 4 Eastern Time on BYU TV and BYU Radio Cassie Broadhead has scored 20-plus in nine of the last 11, including 30 on Saturday against San Diego. So she's balling out. Watch her and the Cougs Saturday. Yeah, 30 points, six assists, five rebounds. Wow. Pretty as good. The, as the point guard. She's Pretty like good. She's like the jimmer of the women's basketball team right now. Yeah, and the, the West Jimmer Coast Conference women's race, by the way, going into last Saturday, there were seven teams tied for first. <laughs> Fun. It's seven, it's like three, week two. And two teams. Yeah, yeah. Week that's, three now. That's pretty crazy. As of right now, what are your expectations this season for BYU men's basketball? That is our Twitter question today. At Twiggy or Stone says, St. Zaga are really good this year. We'll finish third and make a nice run in the NIT. We'll provide experience for next year. I would say that's I would agree with that at this juncture. That can change if BYU can beat St. Mary's and Gonzaga in the regular season. If BYU wins two of the next three, now you've got some confidence going into Vegas. And it depends what BYU does in the other games, the non St. Zaga games. Thanks for calling it out, by the way. You're welcome. Stone. You're it's, welcome. It's a revolution. Yeah. Oh, you're to talking change. to Twiggy or Stone, not to me. Yeah, not you. Okay. Uh, sorry. Um, if BYU my expectation is is this, but it can change if BYU wins those games. What is your expectation? Okay, a lot of us, including Blaine Fowler, who just referenced it again, say Sweet 16 team next year. Okay, so this Probably season... Probably the last year of Eric Mika here. But can BYU Hopefully. be a Sweet 16 team in 2017-18? I think it's a little wild to discuss that at this point, oh, especially off of a San yes. Diego loss. Yes. I, I do think that we expected at least one Sweet 16. We've had this discussion prior to the lone pick three, getting back, Yoli Childs, all these guys, Elijah Brandt. Um, what, what would be the minimum expectation? Like going into Jimmer Fredette's senior season, I said it's a minimum Sweet 16 season. BYU had just come off of a win. Uh, in, in the first round against Florida, and then lost to Kansas State. So they needed to progress one step, okay? They did that. Once BYU got to the Sweet 16, they didn't need to win another game. Everyone was happy. BYU hadn't gone to the Sweet 16 since 81 and Danny Ainge. This group, though, needs to put together one Sweet 16. That's the minimum expectation at any point. This year, next year, the year after that, whatever. I don't think Eric Mika will be here a senior year, though. So you're basically going to have two years with this group. My, my thoughts. I want to attack this whole expectations moving forward thing from a couple of different angles. One, for the rest of the season. I believe BYU will beat St. Mary's in Provo. They have to. BYU they don't, will win that N- game. NIT. The Cougars generally perform well when there is a level of desperation. Unfortunately, that's happened too often the last few years where BYU's put itself in that position. And they, they find a way to win those games. Like the St. Mary's game in Pro Most Bowl, of the time. It's a desperation factor. I think BYU will win that game, and I think BYU will be playing against St. Mary's in the West Coast Conference semifinals. That'll be on Monday. That'll be a big Monday, March 6th. 
So forget about, I mean, Sweet 16, it, the talent, yes, it's there. But let, yeah. this year, beat St. Mary's in Provo, get to the semis in the West Coast Conference You can't be talking Sweet 16 the game after a loss to San Diego. <laughs> what? It's true. It just does not make sense. Cougar Whip Round does make sense. That hits next. BYU Sports Station presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Let's whip it! It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. Mo Williams is reportedly too low on draft boards, according to DynastyNerds.com. Nerd alert! Didn't ever think they'd make the show. They predict he will go mid-second to mid-third round in the draft. That's, That's day two. It's too low? Wow. We're only 15 days away from National Signing Day for college football. Stay tuned to BYU Sports Nation. We dominate that day, and we're proud of it. Keep you posted with all of the BYU signees on February 1st. Volleyball. The men's team moved up a spot to number three in the ABCA coaches poll. The Cougars begin Federation play Thursday at CSUN. Tennis. Women's tennis finished strong in the Metroplex Mania matchup at SMU. That sounds so fun. Savannah Ware and Samantha Smith partnered up to win all of their doubles matches and also won all of their singles matches over the weekend. Future guest Jonathan Tavernari from Italy, Yoli Childs in the house, and Steve Cleveland back again. He was so good yesterday. we got to have him back. Absolutely again. we do. He was on fire, by the way. He was he, fired up. Oh, and he should have been, right? He went into coach mode. I just got a taste. I loved it. Of what it was like to be Terrell Day. <laughs> in that sense. Or Mark Bigelow. That is a ba- yeah, Mark ba- I loved Mark Bigelow. He was a baller. Guarantee that Jonathan Tavernari will bring up, hey, how come you haven't come and visit me in Italy yet? That will, that will yeah, happen yeah. when jo- we talk Jordan! Today. Jordan! Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help. When you need it most, DexterLaw.com. Who deserves it today, Jerem? Hmm. I don't know. Who do you think? Should we go Someone with the, very important. Should we go with the tennis team? The BYU women's tennis team? Hey, when Making you, their way into the headlines? When you go to the Metroplex Mania matchup. At SMU. And you serve it up, pun intended, like they did at SMU. And you make the headlines on a Tuesday, which is generally a slower day, admittedly, <laughs> for news. <laughs> Boom! Rise and shout to the women's tennis team. They, hey, they have a signed post. That setting. they do. Yeah. We have a sign post. They're part of Studio B. They're great. Shout out women's tennis. Um, <laughs> our Twitter question today, as of right now, what are your expectations this season for BYU basketball? I want to read this. Uh, I sent out a poll question yesterday, Jerem, talking about expectations, saying, what will BYU basketball's peak moment in the regular season be? Three options. Win against Gonzaga, win against St. Mary's, or it already happened. 39% of the people say already happened. That's tied with 39% expecting to win against Gonzaga. So it's pretty split. 580 votes. Hmm. Already happened? Wow. Our well, elite and what tweeted was it? Another day. Yeah. Our elite tweet of the day at Nelvin Wilson 7. Peyton Dastrup rose the Cougs onward toward the big dance. Unfortunately, due to muscle fatigue, we end up in the NIT. Come on! Thanks to Thomas Schoff, Blaine Fowler, <laughs> and everyone on our crew. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN. We're on demand anytime, anywhere. BYUSN.com. Audio podcast on iTunes for Jerem. I am Spencer. Shout out to Frosty Richards. That's a real dude. BYU Sports Nation back at it tomorrow. Frosty Richards.